gracious and loving Father, we just thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. Lord, we come this morning just thanking you for the year and the victory. Lord, we thank you for the memories some families are remembering a grief and grieving from a lost one passed in over a year. And others are still challenged by the fact that their homes are not yet back to where you would want them to be. But Lord, we thank you for your steadfast and undying love that keeps us and sustains us every step of the way. Lord, move me behind the cross that the words of my mouth may be meditations upon your heart, that they will be acceptable as nurturing and teaching to move us forward to do your will this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The sermon title this morning is simply Great Catch. God calls us as his children to be fishers of men and women. It's interesting because when we look at the gospel message, the first disciples that were called, they were called out of the trade that they knew and were very profitable. For you see, the first disciples, these brothers, the sons of Zebedee, they were fishermen. And not only were they fishermen, but as I researched, they were fishermen who were doing pretty well. They had all the equipment they needed. They uh, could hire men to help them with their boat. And they were in the business of the day. Rich. Not only from the fact that they had everything they needed to fish, but they were pretty successful at the fishing. So if you are fishermen, newsflash, if you have a fishing business that can afford to pay the salaries of employees, take care of your own family, even then you're probably eating pretty well. I don't know what seafood went per pound back then, but fish can be pretty doggone expensive in 2006. You know, when you adjust the diet to be a little more healthy, you realize, well, maybe that's why I wasn't going that well. But because God says he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly well, we don't get hung up on doing the right thing for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But today we're going to talk about discipleship. We're going to bring in some uh, concepts that uh, uh, Bishop Huey has, has shared with the conference and some of the focuses that are on the ministry that we're doing now. And we are excited because there's a Bible study that's going on on a weekly basis right here on discipleship. So if you ever wanted to know what discipleship is about, why we are called to be disciples, and what Jesus' model for making disciples is all about, today we'll be beginning some of the uh, additional scriptures and things that we will follow over the next course of weeks about discipleship. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to be called. I'm not sure y'all really believe that. The time we never did it, it's good to be caught. 
Amen. Because you know the Lord caught all of us. He sent out a fishing rod, made that bait, that hook, whatever it was, and real the sin. It's good to be caught. And some of us, you know, got caught way out in the water. We were far, far away from the shoreline. Some of us don't know how to swim, and we wouldn't go in deep water, but it was a nice place to go, and they dropped us off the side and said, swim, child, swim. But it's just good to be called. It's good to be called. And it's good to know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. I want to share a little background that ties into our sermon, my sermon today. But to give you an idea, the computers. We had a young lady this morning give her thank you note on the computer she received yesterday. We had some students that said, as soon as I get my computer home, I'm hooking it up. I don't know where Jonathan is today, but Jonathan had an opportunity to work on his own computer when he was training, and he barely wanted Curtis to put it in the car. He said, wait a minute, brother, wait a minute. And Curtis said, look, man, I came early. I got mine. I'm just trying to help a brother out. But Jonathan was running and everything, but... I want to just talk about the fact that God deposits into us. Yes. And he fulfills what he says he will do. Yes. And sometimes we don't know how the fulfillment will come. Yes. But it's always good when it comes. Amen. The pastor at Cedar Street United Methodist Church, I met her at a clergy, clergy gathering. Periodically, we go away as clergy to rest. As the Psalm scripture says, rest. And it's important that we take the time to rest in the Lord. But at this gathering, I went and I was staying with people I didn't know. And as a matter of fact, she was my roommate, and I had people there that said, Girl, come and move with us. You don't have to stay where you've been assigned. Just come on and move with us. So the first thing I'll share with you about the message, sometimes God has something for us if we would just stay where we're assigned. Yes. If we would go where he says go, do what he says do, we could get that extra part of the blessing. All right. She told me about the ministry and my brain started just buzzing. I could hear God's word just coming through and saying, there's something for our church right there. And she said to me, she says, well, go home and pray about it. And then let's talk. We talked, we prayed, we talked, we prayed. I went to the NASA committee, talked with this case, a committee game together, and things began to move. We got all the way up to August, and we were surprised when the number of people walked through the door. Like I said, it's good to be caught. And there were people who were simply caught by the rare opportunity that a church would extend to them, an opportunity to receive a computer that they didn't have before, and that God would bless them in such a manner. Hurricane Rita came, but it didn't interrupt. So the second point is when you... Go where God says go, and you stay where God says stay. He will say, I called you 
follow me. And just like the disciples, when their name was called by Jesus Christ, the words that came to mind was not only did they follow him, but they followed him immediately. And the promise that he made to them is that he would make them fishers of men. So when he gives you a word and it goes for, and you are to follow, you are to follow how? Immediately. A lot of times the following becomes a challenge in our mind because we say, does immediately mean now? (laughs) Does immediately mean they are? Does immediately mean after I can get what I need to get out of my house? We struggle sometimes with immediately. But God is a good God. And October the 15th, when we opened back up and we were holding a, uh, a service here, a worship service for a home garden of Miss June Patterson, people were calling and said, today, today we're supposed to pick up our computer. What time are we supposed to come? <laughs> and I had to say, okay, y'all, I understand immediately, but I said, hold on, wait a minute, not today. What you mean not today? We got back to our house, our house is fine. <laughs> So not only does God put upon our heart to do things and follow it through, but sometimes when the plans get changed, we've got to be willing to communicate the plans being changed. But you see, part of discipleship making is about not only hearing God, but as Bishop Huey would say, you need some radical hospitality. You need some risk-taking ministry and service. And you need some willingness to be engaged in extravagant generosity. When you put the numbers to what the ministry yesterday was all about, between the time the people rented a truck, gave their time to drive here from Tyler, refurbished the computers, not even putting all that together, we just merely dealt with the machine. That was a $15,000 plus gift. Deposited into this community for the glory of God. There are children now that will not be arguing with their brother and sister saying, It's my time on the computer. Mama, could you please take me to the library? Why we got to go tonight? Because this is the last night I can work on this paper because my professor, my teacher, my student leader at school said it must be tight. Well, we got a tight writer. And the child says, a typewriter? I can't save it on a typewriter. I don't care if it is a selector. And some of y'all ain't know what a selector is. Selector <laughs> was a top of line typewriter. If you had your selector, you thought you had it going on. Sure did. Sure did. Couldn't save anything and you'd be And if you was a bad typist like me, you used more eraser tape than you used the regular stuff. But I mean, we thought the selector was going to save our lives. Yes. But interesting enough. When change comes and new ministry is about moving forward, our students seize the opportunity. But God placed the spirit of fulfillment that is here in this community, will continue to be here in this community. But what is so interesting about that that hooks to this particular sermon? I ask you to say, it's good to be caught. It was good to be caught because when I finally went to this woman, a sister in ministry, and said, here's the idea I have, her response was, huh, we've never done it like that. We've never left Tyler, Texas. We've given over 1,700 computers to this area alone. 
You know, some of us are bound by geography. Some of us are bound by the size of who we are. Some of us are bound by a lot of things. But God is a big God. God is a worldly God. God is a loving God. God is a loving God that is truly extravagant. So not only did they come out of their comfort zone and quiet as it's kept, their congregation is a singular, senior congregation. So for the senior silver angels that received the computers, all the people that are involved in their ministry are just like you. Amen. Same age, pretty much retired, and trying to shake off the cobwebs and say, we can do this thing. Yes. Because they have now become, moved from being computer literate to literate. Simply because they said to God, I have a faith that is great. Yes. And you have caught me in a season of today. And you have inspired me to become all that you've called me to be. And if we do this together, more children can receive a gift from you. But you see, their volunteers weren't 17. But they met some young men yesterday that were 16, 17, 14, 13. They met excitement. They met a church full of vibrant and, how shall I say, risk-taking ministry and service. The church was full yesterday, not only about the computers, but about feeding and caring and nurturing and taking care of one another. When they got on the road, they said, it was a blessing to us to see a church outside doing the ministry of God. Well, you see, Cedar Street United Methodist Church won the small church of the year in 2005. So not only did my path cross initially, but it continued to cross throughout the year. And when the ministry moved and God said, I'm going to do something new here, he fulfilled it in a mighty way. So you see, not only did our children receive, not only did children right here in St. Paul, but when we calculated, 14 different churches were blessed. Amen. There were children who didn't have a church home that are needing to be prayed for right now. Yes. Because the invitation has been sent out. The hope has been put out into the community that come and God will hear your need. Yes. So he said, I'm doing a new thing yes. here. Why is it important? Because Jesus said, I am teaching you to be fishers of men and women. So, what does that mean to us as disciples of Jesus Christ? Each and every one of us, last week I talked about and preached about how the front was empty. And I think we said 55 or so people could fit right in here. Well, we started filling it back up, but you know, y'all been here for a while. We got to invite some more so it'll be tight in there for that 55. (laughs) There's somebody that wants to be sitting right next to you. And God said, who's supposed to be sitting there behind you? We don't know yet because we're praying about it. That's what it means to cast out the net. Oh, yes. Anybody in there fish? Somebody said, come on, tell me if you fish. I fish at the fish market. Somebody said they fish at the fish market. You haven't always had a good chance at the fish market. But how many of y'all fish on your own? Okay, we got a couple fishermen out. Every time.
I'm catching that, do you, you know what I mean? Do, do you always catch something? Come on, talk to me, talk back. Not always. You know, but you really believe you had good bait that day, right? Did you pick a good spot? So here's what we're going to look at, what it's about. Sometimes we think it's about place. As the, 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 the commentary writers talk about the fact that these fishermen were prosperous fishermen. They always had a good place. They always were fishing and catching. So is it about the fish? About the place? About the bait? About the, you know, type of lives? What is it about? It's about catching them. It's about catching them. If you had great bait, but you don't catch nothing, all you can say is, oh, I had good bait. <laughs> I guess they ain't one now they don't like shrimp. <laughs> but if you had red rod and you put it out there and this ain't the right season, you put the wrong stuff out, you still don't catch nothing. But God gives us an opportunity to always have the right season. We're extending our hand unto somebody and say, come unto Jesus. Yes. Because your life can be improved if you walk with the Lord. I've heard people say, I'm not coming to church until I get right with Jesus. Where is the January? Where is the January? What time is the January? A conversation at the store in the house. I said, I'm coming when I get right. <laughs> I said, Mr. Daniel, why you won't get right till you come? He said, I'll still think about when I get right. So it ain't gonna be a good right kid right here. Hey, we ain't hit it. Hey, we ain't hit it. I don't know. I don't know you for Mr. Daniel. But the thing is, we always think that thought about can I get right? You can't get right until you come to Jesus. You can't get right until you let him hook you. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else. Oh, you get your point in life where you just put yourself on the hook. That's when we know we need to repent. That's when we know we need Jesus. That's when we know it has been upside down enough for King Jesus. We just say, please hook me. Wherever you get the hook in me, I'm going with you, Jesus. Because we know at that point, it's important. So like I said earlier, it's great to be caught. But being caught requires that we want to stay in the will of God. And the scripture says there were two actions that Jesus gave to the first disciples he called. Follow immediately. He follow immediately. And I looked up the word immediately. I don't care how many times I checked it out. It was an immediate action that was required. I'm not picking on your students, but when your parents call your name, they're looking for an immediate response. They're looking for an immediate response, Savannah. They only want to call you one time. (laughs) Because when they have to call you the second time, something happens. Oh, yeah. And a third time is a 
could be a bad transformation. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. So the commitment is just like following Jesus. When it calls your name, you say, right now, man. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I heard you. Because it's important for you to acknowledge that you heard your parents. Yeah. Just like it's important for us to acknowledge that we heard the most high God. Oh, yeah. Call our name and say, eh, come here. I'm all pick on your curve. But when you can't call all your names. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over. It's over. It's all like a pot of neck ball. Something's going to happen in the name of Jesus because they have called all your names. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else has Jesus have to treat us. Oh. Call all my names. All right, I'm calling all names. <laughs> But he wants immediate action. And then finally I would say, know that you're hooked. And walk like you're hooked. Talk like you're hooked. Just live hooked on Jesus Christ. Somebody out there will look at you and say, there's something different about yeah. So I've been hooked for the last 22 years. <laughs> I just let a lie because he heard my cry. He said, Father, and I said, all right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Okay. I mean, it just ought to be something about you. Yeah. And then when somebody looks at you, they'll have to be it don't mean we don't sin. It don't mean we don't fall short. It don't mean that we ain't living under grace. Right. It just means that something ought to be different. Yeah. I listened to a preacher who was talking about how important it is to have faith. Yeah. But it's in our most difficult days oh. that our faith of Jesus Christ ought to be yeah. just blossoming. Oh, yeah. But some of us just, I got faith in Jesus. <laughs> I know the Lord brings God to mercy. <laughs> and we couldn't see Jesus in that expression, but that doesn't mean he's not in there. That's right. That's right. Don't judge a book by the cover because the faith of God is bigger than this. Amen. Can't see you baby say it's good to be hooked. It's good to be hooked. Down to close with the hook. H is for humility. Yes. Always for obedience. Yeah. The other is always for openness to receive directions and guidance from Jesus Christ. It is the knowledge of going through Jesus, looking at the scripture, understanding how to reason, experiencing Jesus Christ, recognizing the traditions of what our worship and our life is all about, just knowing them. Mm-hmm. It is for endurance to stay hooked. Because some of us get on the hook, then we jump off. I ain't going up to the top of the sea. I'll take me off of this hook. Just, just stay here out of the door. He got to just stay hooked. Walk it by faith and not by sight. And last but not least is the devotion. Be devoted to Jesus Christ. Spend the time with God. Love him. Nurture him. Get to know him. See the glory of the Lord. See the miracles. Think about things being half full instead of half empty. Change the trash on your mind. Let your spirit be renewed in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I say to you this morning, I'm hooked. And I'm a faithful. Because I love the Lord. Because he heard my cry. Lastly, 
when I read that the commentary writer said about the first disciple, they had to give something up to get what God had for them. Are you willing to give up your own life for the promise of the cross? He died that we may have life and have it abundantly. You've been out here all by yourself, jumping on the hook, jumping off the hook, going this place, going that. It's between you and God to commit to stay hooked. Doesn't matter where you get tested, stay hooked. Doesn't matter whether somebody doesn't believe all the things. Just stay hooked. It doesn't matter that you ain't got it all going on. Stay hooked. It doesn't matter that you say, oh, I should be a certain place by this point in my life. Just give your faith and love and and, and earnestness unto God and walk this thing out by faith. Just stay hooked. Because at the end of the day, we don't know the hour when he's going to come. But when he comes, I want to know that not only am I plugged in, I'm hooked. A fishing rod is with me, all the water with the Holy Spirit, everything is upon me, and I want to see some of y'all. I want to see all the people that God said you'll see. I want to know that you're going to walk this thing out. God doesn't want none of us left to stop. Stay hooked and let it know. Today's a good day.